I believe that God wants us to be close to Him. I believe that He wants us to walk with Him daily. I believe that He has a desire for us to seek Him moment by moment. I have believed that He has a desire for every Christian to live holy before Him. I believe that that looks like someone who is totally focused on the Lord and not everything else in this world. I, as a pastor, would hope that everybody in the church would have the same zeal that God would have us to have. That we would all walk closely with Him. But it's just not the case. I wish that that every day we were all uh, on fire for the Lord. But I realize that I'm not always on fire for the Lord. I realize not even the, the pastor, shepherd, leader is in that place. But I'm really burdened by so many Christians who seemingly have dropped out. Uh, they're no longer at least attending. They're no longer seemingly serving the Lord. And, and let me make sure you understand I can't make those judgments. Only God can. But when I don't see folks, I wonder where they are. I wonder why it is that, that they are, are not excited about the Lord. And I know I'm, I'm speaking to the choir here, and I just appreciate your faithfulness. But, but the question is, what makes the difference? Why are those folks that love the Lord and, and want to be with Him and, and with His people all the time and, and are encouraging and, and strong in their faith and, and serving the Lord in so many different ways. Why are there those? And then why are there some what some have called nominal Christians who just get by? And again... I can't make judgments about a person's heart. But let's face it, uh, when, when Jesus Christ comes into our life and changes us, there should be some change, right? There should be some things that are different. There should be that attitude that the disciples had of wanting to sit at the, the feet of Christ and, and to relish in that. Why is it that some just seem to have dropped out? And I, I do this to not, not to call attention necessarily to those folks, even though I would, I would love for us to be to, able to share with them and, and that they would be back and they would be serving as well. But the main thing I want to do tonight is help you understand what makes the difference, why you're here, why, why it is that that you choose to be here on a Sunday night when many churches across our nation don't have Sunday night church anymore. And again, not making uh, judgments against those churches. They have lots of other times that they meet and they do some things. But, but I'm just trying to help you understand what is it that causes us to want to be here in God's house together and worship Him in, in song and then to study and learn more about Him? What is it that's different 
about us. So, I want to just bring some thoughts tonight about what makes the difference in quality discipleship. And the first thing I believe, and this has to be number one, or none of the others are going to make any difference probably, but I believe how much you love Jesus makes the difference. How much you love Jesus makes the difference. Do you love Jesus? What did Jesus say about proving that you love me? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Obedience is the test of our love and relationship with Christ. According to John, this is the one and only test. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Love is not a sentimental action that, that protests in words, then brings pain and heartbreak to those who claim to love. Love is real. It's the kind of love that is given to us through Jesus Christ. And we see that word that is used for love is agape or sacrificial love. But real love is not easy. It's not always easy to get out of bed on Sunday morning. Even the preacher has trouble getting out of bed on Sunday morning sometimes. You know that? It's not easy to get here for Sunday school if you've got kids in the house. It's not, not easy sometimes to do some of those things. It's not easy to give your tithe when your uh, car is in the repair shop. Kids going to the dentist. Remember those times when kids going to the dentist? But Jesus gave us His Holy Spirit to help us love Him the right way. Do you truly love Jesus? Keeping my commandments. And we, we see we could, we could go over many of those commandments tonight. We all know what they are. But the, the thing that makes a difference in our relationship with Jesus Christ is how much we love Him. Remember what He said to the, in, in Revelations to the Ephesians church? He, he says you've left your first love. Now, many people believe that, that, that leaving their first love was, was meaning that, that they were no longer uh, sharing the witness of, of truth to people like they once were. But it's the same as far as I'm concerned. If we love Jesus, we're going to tell people about it. If we love Jesus, everything is going to be uh, more in tune in our relationship with Him. But the thing that makes a difference in your life, probably uh, rather than some others that may be struggling right now, is how much you love your Lord. There's a second reason, I believe. What makes the difference? I think the kind of decisions we make in our lives make the difference. And I use the example of Daniel in Daniel 1.8 says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. Under the Hebrew law, Daniel refused to eat the unclean things that had been given uh, in heathen worship. And the scripture says that he set his heart, he set his mind, and he wasn't going to do it. He was going to bring honor to God by making that decision. He set up priority in his life, his faith coming first, and there was no weakness in his decision. 
Do you set those priorities in your life? What what have you decided that you will or will not do? What are some things in your relationship with God that you have decided, you have determined that I will or will not do? And and that's a personal thing for for most of us. Uh, Certainly there's some, some community things that we could see, but some of those things are very personal, some things that God has convicted me about that, that I'm just not going to do. I determined a long time ago by the, the leading and the conviction of the Spirit that, that I'm not going to drink alcohol. That doesn't make me better than someone that does. But I have determined that that's a priority. I, I don't want my children to see me. I don't want my grandchildren to see me. I don't want that to ever be a stumbling block for them. But Daniel set priorities. Have you set those priorities in your life? Some things you will or will not do. Daniel knew that he could only be defiled by his own action. And so he made the hard choice, which could have cost him dearly. By God's grace and working, it did not. Uh, he He was not forced to eat those king's delicacies. God intervened in that, but he made that decision. And God honored his faithfulness by giving the Hebrews good health, uh, good, good uh, protein, if you will, uh, just by eating vegetables. Now, I am not going to talk to you about vegan dieting tonight, okay? I'm just telling you that, that God blessed and took care of them because he was honoring uh, the faithfulness of Daniel to take that stand on what was right. The crowning day of Daniel's experience with God was when he chose to be clean and separated for God. In Colossians 3.23 it says, Whatever you do, do heartily to the Lord and not to men. We see uh, over and over those heroes of the faith were more concerned about doing what honored God than what honored men. Uh, when we get to the disciples, and they were told to keep their mouths shut, and said, sorry, we can't help but speak what we've seen and heard. Uh, they, they determined to make that stand for the Lord. The thing that makes a difference in our lives is when we choose to give those high priorities to God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Have you made that stand Are there some things in your life that you know that you're not going to bow to? Now, that's becoming a difficult thing in in our world, isn't it? It's becoming a very difficult thing. Uh, The world begins to encroach into our lives, and it's a difficult thing not to bow to some of the worldly things that are coming against us. But, But that makes a difference in your life when you stand up and say, I'm going to to make this, at this moment of my life, I'm going to take this stand and I will not be moved by the power of God. A third thing, the way that you react to others makes the difference. Job, we've been reading about Job. Job had victory until he let his friends discourage him. Let me tell you this, and you know it probably, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The devil is always, always going to use someone against you. It may even be your best friend. 
But the devil is always going to use some people against you. They're going to try to sidetrack you, going to try to derail your faith. The devil will use them. And it may be that they didn't even know that the devil was using them. It may be that they've been so taken up uh, by the devil but that they didn't even know what they were doing. But all of us know that the devil will use someone against us. I've shared my testimony with you when I first got into ministry in, uh, in Yukon and things were going fine there and I was working primarily with youth but with other ages as well. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, the devil used one man to tell me that I was not worthy of the job, I didn't have enough education, and that I shouldn't have the job, and they needed to get rid of me. And I let him run me off. But the devil used him against me. I responded as a little baby. I responded in a sense that... uh, well, I guess I'm just no good and and I'll just quit. And I'm just going to be honest with you. uh, That's the way it worked out. I was hurt. I've got to tell you, I was hurt in the way it all went down. The church was behind me. The deacons were behind me. But I let one man run me off. I didn't handle it well. But I hope I've learned to respond a little bit better in maturity as a child of God. You're either going to respond in forgiveness or you're going to respond in bitterness. There's somebody in your life probably right now that you're having to deal with in that sense. And you're either going to respond in forgiveness or you're going to respond in bitterness. How will you do that? What's going to honor God? Forgiveness. He taught us to forgive. He gave the greatest sacrifice to ever to, to help us understand what forgiveness means. We've got to grow up at some time in the Lord and learn how to forgive rather than allowing bitterness to take over our lives. A fourth difference. What makes the difference in your life as you're doing the very best you can to serve the Lord? I believe that how soon you think Jesus is coming makes all the difference. In 2 Peter chapter 3, in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens were dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. My friend, we're, we're taught in verse 11, these things are going to happen. Are you looking for them? These things are going to happen. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? If we think Jesus Christ is coming soon, it's going to change the way we live. In holy conduct, he says, 
since the day is near for the punishment of the wicked and, and the reward for the righteous, believers should be living holy and separated lives. There's that godliness which means piety and, and worship of our Lord. In, in light of Christ's coming, our worship ought to be a priority. We ought to be, be more concerned about giving our heart in worship to God than all of the things that are going on around us. Corporate worship is vital to our spiritual health. My friends, the song that you're singing this particular time may not be your favorite, but the words are going to worship the Lord. You ought to be able to worship. Some of the, some of the messages that the preacher preaches may be dry, if you're reading the Scripture, you're still going to be able to worship the Lord. In holiness, in godliness. So the question is, if you really believe that Jesus is coming soon, what are you going to be doing when He comes? Is He going to find you in that holy conduct, separating yourself from this world, and in godliness, in worship, and honoring Him with your whole heart? How soon do you think Jesus is coming going to make the difference in who you are in your relationship with Him? And then the last thing I would share with you, what is it that makes the difference? Your willingness to crucify your flesh will make all the difference. I'd remind you what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I don't have to tell you, life is a battle. And a flabby soldier doesn't win battles. We've got to be disciplined in prayer. We've got to be disciplined in Bible study. We've got to be disciplined in our, in our work for the Lord. But to fight and win means discipline. Our very best work that we're going to do means discipline. Any of you ever get to that place in your life where you're just kind of coasting and God's not getting your best? I've been there. You've been there probably. But if we're going to give our best for the Lord, it means that we're going to discipline our lives. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I hope that you're all reading through the Bible with us this year. I hope that that's one of the disciplines that, that you're using. And if you're not using the plan that I have chosen, I hope that you're using a plan to read God's Word through this year. I hope you're disciplined to meditate on the Word of God. I, I hope that you're disciplined to pray over the Word of God and let it be applied to your life. There are those disciplines of our faith that we must be involved in. If, if our goal is Jesus Christ, and we need to know what our goal is. What is your goal tonight? 
When, when you came into this building tonight, did you have any thought about what your goal for today was? Well, our goal right now ought to be Jesus Christ. Our goal ought to be, a, be serving Him and, and honoring Him, worshiping Him as we've just talked about. Our goal ought to be Jesus Christ. And when we do not understand the worth of following Christ and being obedient to Him, we're going nowhere. That's my concern about so many people. They do not see the worth of following Christ with all of their heart. Do you? Do you see the real worth? Do you see the real joy in following Christ with all of your heart? I'm concerned that so many do not. And I'm concerned that even we, and even myself, can be tempted away from that. But discipline is so important in our Christian walk. Disciplining ourselves in the faith. We have to master ourselves. In 1 John 5.4 it says, but that we can't serve other gods, excuse me, we can't serve others or God until we put sin to death by the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We can't serve others, we can't serve God until we overcome the world by our faith and the strength of our faith. So tonight, those are some of the things I think makes a difference in our relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to just ask you to bow your heads right now. And don't, don't need the piano, Claudia. I, just, I want to just ask us to do this in, in quietness tonight. Uh, I want to ask you just to bow your head. You're doing business with the Lord. And just to, to try to have some understanding to measure this. On a scale from 1 to 10, how do you think God would rate your level of commitment and service to Him? Now listen to me. How do you think God would rate your level of commitment and service? Maybe you would ask the question, why does it seem that others have a closer walk with the Lord than I do? What, what are some things in, in their lives that seem to make a difference. But tonight, would you just be honest with the Lord about where you are? On a scale of 1 to 10, where are you? Would you just pray as you deal with the Lord right now? Ask Him to reveal who you are. Ask Him to see yourselves as as He sees you tonight. And then I would just say to you, if you don't believe that you're where God wants you to be, what will you do to make that right? Will you discipline yourself? Will you, will you choose to live life to stand for the Lord? Will you change the way that you love others, the way that you react to others? 
Let me just read this verse as you pray, and then we'll close. From Colossians 2. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And I'll read it one more time. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted, built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Father, as we depart from this place tonight, Lord, I pray that You would truly help our lives to be different in our relationship to You. Lord, help us to want that revival that we're talking about. Lord, help us to put You first as our priority in everything that we do. Lord, in the decisions that we will make this week, Lord, help us once again make You the priority as we make those decisions. And Father, I thank You for these people here tonight that I truly believe love You, that truly want to honor You. Lord, we're all weak. We're all so weak. And so, Lord, we call upon You to help us to live for You so that we can know the joy of serving You like You truly would have us to know. Thank You, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.